Hello Therapy Works listeners. I really hope you enjoyed season three of the podcast. And if you happen to be tuning in for the first time, I do recommend that you go back and listen to the amazing conversations I've had with my wonderful other guests. I do believe that these conversations are universal and resonate with everyone on some level. Whilst we're in between seasons and taking a little summer break, I wanted to answer some questions about therapy that I get asked on a daily basis. As you all seem to be loving the segment with my psychotherapist daughters, I've asked Emily and Sophie to come and give me some of the answers to your questions too. And I do hope that you find these mini episodes useful. Have a good summer. Hi, Mum and Soph. My husband is often telling me that it's a good question to answer. So this question is, what are the biggest myths about therapy that you have come across? So I've got a few that immediately come to mind is that it will give you answers and fix you, that it will make all of your past sorrows and pain go away and change you, and that the therapist is the one that does all the work. Those were identical to my first thoughts. I've noted that we can fix you and we have all the answers, <laughs> which I think is sometimes a big disappointment. And I would you know, definitely think of it more of as a collaboration and an exploration as a, as a safe space rather than a place where we know the answer. The other one that I come across, maybe more just generally than necessarily in the therapy room, is the sort of idea that, or the feeling that somehow therapists can read your mind or they're analysing you all the time. For me, I'm very much myself when I'm out in the world and I'm in a different stance or a different way of relating mindset. to some extent and mindset availability when I'm with a client. I feel like often people can think therapists are walking around in their sort of therapist moment all the time, which is not the case. <laughs> right, mm. but like you meet someone for dinner and that you'll be like analysing their childhood. Exactly. I better watch what I say. Yeah. Yes, I think fixed, that's the bigger, or fix my child in my particular case. So if we're not fixing, what are we doing? I think one of the ways I think about that is, you know, mum, you said, you can we take away all the pain? And I don't think therapy can take away what's happened. I think it's about growth. So it's about growing or evolving alongside what has already happened which then changes the experience of the whole so I think in those spaces when you talk about them or when you feel safe or when you can allow yourself feel things that you couldn't normally feel or you find words all the different ways that you might explore experiences in therapy then you can develop or evolve or have a new narrative that then changes the how what has happened or what it is that you're struggling with rather than getting rid of or deleting any part. And I think of that as sort of in the brain as well, to some extent, you know, there is neuroplasticity, there is growth. You can't delete memories. You can relate to them differently. I think it's a lot about making sense of experience and emotion and creating narratives. I think it's also about having a place to explore your internal world and whatever that brings up. You know, I think it also depends a bit on the type of therapy that you are doing like if you're doing something like CBT it's probably going to be really more around practical behavioral things that you can do to 
change your life in like an everyday way. Um, whereas if you do a more psychodynamic therapy, then it's really about a lot to do with exploring the relationship and the relationship with the therapist and what's going on in the room. So I guess what we do also depends a little bit on the type of therapy that an individual is having. So the three main schools are, as Emily has said, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is if I change my thinking, that changes my feeling and that will change my behavior. And then there's psychodynamic stroke analytic, which comes from Freud, and you can have Kleinian, Jungian, um, different types of psychoanalytic therapy. At its most basic, that is making what is unconscious conscious, and you may transfer it onto the therapist, and they may give you insights or project back to you or interpretations of what you've said, and it's using dreams in the aim of when you're more aware of what is unconscious when it becomes conscious then you have more energy and active present to be present in your life and then there's humanistic which Soph and I are at which there are schools there's transactional analysis there's person-centered there's gestalt and that is basically believes that Within the human condition, we have the capacity to naturally heal. And if we as therapists create the environment that facilitates that condition, that capacity, by being non-judgmental, by being empathic, and by being congruent, that creates a trusting relationship where the client then has the capacity to change their relationship with themselves. Do you two agree? Yeah. Would integrative be between a psychoanalytic and humanistic, basically? Not necessarily. I think the thing of, about integrative is that you have quite a sort of clear way of working, but that you have pulled from different therapeutic strands, but not every integrative person is going to have integrated the yeah, same. So you each have your different maps. Right. But it's not that like one week I'm going to grab from this one and this one. It's like within your practice, you have what sort of mm. speaks to you and what you think is helpful. And that is a kind of clear outlook but different integrative therapists would have drawn from different theories i think the other myths are that people who seek therapy are crazy and mentally ill that isn't true you don't have to get that far i hope that that one is a dying yeah, i one. hope so <laughs> i think it's a dying one but i think people still on some level often feel like it's an expression of weakness of a failure maybe less that they're crazy or it's something like a sort of massive stigma in the same way, but somehow by asking for help, it's an acknowledgement that they're not coping, which for some people can be a very difficult, it could feel like weakness. And in a small way, I think the other myth is that it's a sort of very expensive venting session where you just go in and you kind of get to moan <laughs> about everybody, but nothing changes. And I think very much in the way that Sophie was talking about is you can get to express and even vent, but through that expression that allows you then to come back into yourself and actually find out what is my part in it or what are the patterns that I'm playing out? What in this can I change? What are the emotions that are leading me to feel this way? Is it stuff from my past? Is it messages I'm telling myself? Is it my relationship with myself and the world is very narrow and fearful and uh, critical. So it is an exploration of really what is contributing to the venting. So then you can begin to adapt and change what that is. 
I would say another myth of therapy is that perhaps that people can put therapists on a pedestal of people who are themselves fixed or sort of emotionally sorted, sorted, um, which unfortunately is not true. Certainly my experience of everyone I know who is a therapist, including my mother and my sister and myself, <laughs> is that we all have our own complexities of our own lives and our own things that we're not very good at or struggle with. I'm accessing that exhaust part of myself. I'm not bringing, ideally, I'm not bringing any of that mess into the therapeutic space. But that's not the same as me not having lots of other complexities or difficulties or things that I'm still very much need therapeutic support <laughs> to figure out in my own life. And I think therapists can feel that about themselves, like can feel like a failure if in their own lives they're not, things are chaotic or difficult or they're divorcing or you know, somehow they're supposed to know better or know more. I'd say that's 100% true. And I hope in these segments of, of us three, we've really shown that we're as imperfect and make a mess of things and find life difficult as everybody else. And that we use therapy ourselves. I've used therapy recently to help support ourselves. I mean, I hope having done it for like 33 years that I do have some knowledge that I can use to support myself to try and protect me from messing up as badly as I did when I was in my 20s. It doesn't mean that we're fully sorted and have got ticked every box, no. No, and I would say that often the people who are drawn to become therapists are people who've experienced quite a lot of pain themselves and that allows you to have more empathy sometimes or to know what it is to find life hard and that actually often therapists are people who have found life quite complicated and they've been drawn to therapy as a way to figure things out for themselves and then ended up being really drawn into the world. So I would say probably most therapists have experienced like pain and mess and complications like at, at the same level if not more than lots of the clients walking wounded are, are drawn to be therapists aren't they because you sometimes want to do for other people what you most need for yourself and i guess the thing is life doesn't stop being hard just because you're a therapist over time what you might evolve and develop is how how to support yourself when life is hard in ways that are less damaging either to yourself or to others in those times when life is really hard but that doesn't mean when that's not happening that it, that, that life is not still really difficult to cope with at times or or have ups and or downs. in therapy works language challenges Thank you so much, Mum and Soph. That was a really interesting conversation and I hope people listening enjoyed it too. We are excited to see you in season four. If you want to share this episode with someone, a friend or a family member, do please share, rate and subscribe because it helps people find us. Thank you all. Thanks, Em and Soph. Until season four. Thank you. 